Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I am your host, Pastor Ed, and I'm here with my trusty, loyal, faithful steed, my sidekick. <laughs> Come on, you got to say your name. <laughs> Pastor Matt is here, and we're here embarking on the adventure that is the second week of our Bonus Features podcast. Matt, have you gotten any feedback over the last week about uh, how big this went over? Any family, friends, long-lost relatives calling? Yeah, surprisingly, you know, a lot of people reaching out to me. Um, we're, uh, we're we're bigger than I thought we'd be. Um, Middle America is taking uh, quite well to uh, to what we've got going on here. Hmm. Yeah. The trick to reaching people is identify a common enemy, and uh, we have here. And the common enemy that we can unite everyone behind is sermons that are too long. So. <laughs> Uh, it's a galvanizing subject. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we 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 are not making friends in the pastor community. I'll tell you, <laughs> no. but it can be done. Everybody, a sermon can be shorter than your pastor might be saying. But the trade-off is you have to let them do a podcast. With, it's got to come out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to come out somewhere. Yeah, our wives said, "Please, no more here." Um, so we have been going through the book of James. We've been studying the book of James in our uh, in church uh, each Sunday morning. And this last week, we uh, looked at the end of chapter one of James. And uh, we talked about this idea of listening and doing. Uh, listening being to God's word, because people heard the word uh, back then. They didn't read it. And uh, James is talking to Christians primarily, and he's saying there's basically two kinds of you there in the church. There's the ones that listen to the word and do what it says, and the ones that listen and don't do what it says. And um, I have to be honest, as I was reading this passage this week, um, I was sort of overwhelmed by this sense that I've been having as, since we started this study in James. This is my first time preaching through James. Um, and uh, Matt, have you ever preached through James? I have not. You haven't? No. Um, Matt, have you read James? Uh, as far as my New Testament professor in seminary knows, yes, I have. Okay. That's good enough for us. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> Well, technically, I mean, you're reading it on Sunday mornings before I preach it. So uh, there you know, you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, we our our small group a couple years ago uh, went through James together. So yeah. okay, so and you memorized it, right? Uh, for the most part, I, I know the widows and orphans part. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's all you need to know for this discussion. Um, anywho, uh, going through the first time preaching through James, uh, the first time you preach through anything, you look at it very, very closely and um, you, you do discover things that you, you just haven't seen at all before. And as I've been doing that over the past several weeks, I have to admit, I've been feeling really guilty. Uh, and it's not because I committed a crime at one point that I don't want anyone to know about. It's because I just feel convicted when I read this stuff, but it's more than I normally feel when I read the Bible. I just feel each and every week like there's more and more and more that James is saying, mm. you should be doing this, a person who believes in Jesus does this, and I'm kind of overwhelmed with the, you know, maybe how bad I am at some of this stuff, and so I just find myself feeling really guilty, and that's kind of the question that I wanted to ask today first is, is that a is that normal and is it good? Is yeah. that what God wants us to feel? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, I think what you're saying is how, well, I, I think it's what most sincere people, how they feel anytime they, they, they take a real hard look at Scripture and, and, and then themselves in light of Scripture is they, they know we know our shortcomings and, and we don't want to be hypocrites. I mean, that's why, you know, you, it's usually a hypocrite that lacks sincerity. And so if you really want to do this thing, if you really take to heart what James is saying, 
you're going to be looking at the stuff and saying, wow, there are places in my life that I could do this better. But I, I don't think that that's, I don't think James is wanting us to feel overly guilty. And I don't think that what God wants for us is ultimately to read these things and get really down and be like, I'm pretty terrible at this. And so what, what I, what I do think he's pointing out is actually um, what James is trying to say is, look, something's been done for you. What, what Jesus has done has actually freed you up to be able to do this. Well, hang on one second, though. If James doesn't want people to feel guilty, then why does it seem like he's saying no and don't so many times? Uh, it's so much of this does seem to pretty point blank be saying, like, don't be this person, be this yeah. person, yeah. do this thing. It yeah. does feel... yeah you know, behavior driven, yeah. I guess. Well, I, I think, I think it's, it, it, I, I liken it to almost like, um, a, a football field, right? If you're going to play the game, You've I, I lost know, me. Yeah. So here, here, here's our, here's our weekly like break for sports trivia for Ed. Um, yeah. in a football game, do you score a goal or kick a field goal? You kick a goal, right? Field goal. That's the same thing. You kick yeah. a goal. And it's, yeah, close. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on. Um, so I, I think what James is saying is if you're going to play the game that is following Jesus, I know it's more than a game, but there's parameters. There, there, there is a playing field. There are certain things that if you do, if you go out of bounds, you'll be out of bounds. You, you, you disqualify yourself from the game. But within those parameters – there is all of this freedom that's been given to you in order to live this thing out. And you can actually have a lot of fun doing it. And and so I, I think what James is uh, kind of doing here is, yeah, he's saying he has these no's and don'ts and, and that sort of thing. But he's saying, here's the guidelines. Here's the parameters of, of what this thing is. And, and don't see those as restrictive. Those are actually there for your good because this is what you're meant to do. Uh, this is where you're meant to be. And once you're in that place the the freedom that's been given to you to do this thing to live this out um through jesus is is pretty immense and spectacular so what you're saying is that james isn't necessarily writing this to the church saying you all need to try harder uh you all need to do better uh what he's saying is this is we we need to first agree on the rules of the game yeah basically yeah. Uh, yeah. we need we need to agree on what it means to be a christian we need to agree on what it means to do good things he's not saying you have to try harder to do good things you needed yesterday he's saying there's a problem in the church and it seems like you guys don't even have a clear understanding of what what it means to to play the game it's a football game and you guys are playing baseball much of the time as a pastor, what I find myself wanting is not for the people in my church to try harder. Uh, it's it's to see more people doing the things that are usually pretty basic things. Mm. Um, you know, you kind of find that um, that there is there are these key there are these pretty key components of being a Christian. You know, read your Bible, talk to God, try to do what the Bible says. Like just give of yourself for the sake of other people. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, the, the, this idea of purity, you know, these are not complicated things, mm -hmm. but you could talk about reading the Bible all day. And what you find is that there's a lot of assumption that people in the church read the Bible. Yeah. And then when you really start to talk to people about their lives and stuff, you find out how rarely that happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
and we have a tendency to just, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing these things. I'm doing these things. And so I think what James is saying is, you know, listen, this isn't that complicated. The problem is you guys are calling yourself one thing, but you're not willing to do the very basic things. Why not? You know, what's keeping you from doing this? And, And I would say if the majority of the people in any church were willing to sit down and read the Bible, uh, were willing to like talk to God on a regular basis, you know, and we're willing to like feel compelled to do what it says. I think that would be a pretty radical thing in yeah. most churches. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing, one of the other things that I talked about yesterday morning was that James writes all of this and he seems to have a few assumptions about the people in the church that he's writing this to. The first one is that there does seem to be this sort of epidemic of people hearing the word and um and not living it out i mean it's it does seem like he's speaking to a problem that he sees this isn't just general advice given and the other one is that he seems to assume that a lot of these people want to to do the right thing like they want to to live it out they just uh maybe aren't clear on what that looks like and and you know that because he wouldn't he wouldn't explain it if he didn't think people would care and if they pay attention so i think the thing that I ended up talking about and and we've been talking about a lot today is um is this idea like is there a similar you know problem in the church is this son of a timeless thing that we are prone to hear and to listen without necessarily doing what we see in the word or is that something that maybe he just encountered back then uh what do you think matt you think it's a problem yeah i and i don't think it's just a church problem i think it's a it's a human nature problem. It's a, it's the question you always find yourself asking your kids, like, what were you thinking? Like, or the problem that we get upset with our kids at is that it's not that they we say they they're not listening, but what we really mean is they heard us. They're just not doing what we told them to do. Oftentimes, the biggest thing that we think is getting in the way of people coming to Jesus and, and what they need the most is to hear right like how and and scripture says how can they respond if they don't hear and someone doesn't you know speak it to them but um it's interesting how we often think the biggest problem that people have is the very thing we're the best at doing and people in the church are we're best at hearing the word and so we think oh we're really good at this we get this and so other people need this but maybe the thing is is that like what other people need is to see people doing what they've heard and that's what they really need in their life is they need jesus in their life and and we know that jesus was very active um and doing the things he talked about and and so um we don't we don't really like focus on that as much when we're talking about like what people outside the church need and yet um maybe it's because we're not as good at it as we should be so i did uh i did rail pretty hard on (laughs) Francis Chan in my sermon. And by railing on Francis Chan, what I mean is I talked about the huge crush I had on Francis Chan. Yeah, yeah. And, it was a little uh, embarrassing. Like, yeah. I felt I, uncomfortable sitting in the back. Yeah, yeah it was like, pretty, uh, I'm sorry. Um, give you guys a moment. I'm assuming no, I'll, he's great. I'm assuming but, I'll never meet Francis. But uh, yeah. no, what I said was basically, I think Francis Chan is great. And I think that he is, uh, you know, as I said, the real deal. Yeah. From everything I've seen and heard, he really does mean the things that he says and calls people to do. But for all of the times that I have been sent a clip of a Francis Chan sermon or been handed a book from Francis Chan or uh, talked to people about these radical things that he's challenged people to do, and people really, really are moved by them, 
so, so few times. Like I could count on one hand the times that any of us have done any of the things he's talking about. And uh, why is it that we, um, why, why, what makes us, I, I, I this is a, this is, the, to me, this is just a crazy thing. This is a crazy phenomenon. What makes us want to hear the word? What makes us want to listen to the word? And like, because people do. Um, what makes us want to do that if we're not going to live it out? Like if yeah. we're not going to do it, why yeah. do I want to pass along something to Francis, to Francis Chan, where he talks about how he gives away 90% of what he yeah. earns? Because I think that's so cool when I'm not planning on giving away 90% of what I'm learning. Because what he's saying is true and we are starving for truth. Like we, we have it implanted in us to you know need God's truth. And so when we hear it, and we see it, we're like, yeah, that's true. And there's something about that that that, that does feed us. And and so we, we, we do want truth. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? What are some of your theories about it? Because mm. I think it's a number of different things. There's probably a yeah. lot of different factors going on there. You know, I do think that it makes us feel... I think there's something about learning something new that makes you feel like you're a better person. Yeah. And that that's a big enough part of growing in Jesus that you think, well, even if I'm not able to do this thing, even just learning it yeah. is going to help me in some yeah, way. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think the, I don't know what the right word is for it, but you know, the last probably 10 years podcasts have become such a big part of our lives and they've totally changed so much about the church because people now have the ability to listen, not just to their pastor on Sunday, but to multiple sermons from multiple pastors, um, from, you know, lots of content. Yeah. And I have so many friends who really, really like that and, and have listened to hundreds of sermons by favorite pastors. But, you know, you got to wonder, I mean, how in the world can we process that much information and do it? Um, and in our church, I know that we we uh, we try very hard to preach the word seriously and to go in depth. And I think that we've noticed that the people of our church really, really see that and they value it. And if anything, they uh, they want more of mm -hmm. it. Um, it's the only thing we take seriously. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the exception of the occasional, you know, rabbit trail. Uh, what was the. Haunted mirrors. Yeah. So, you know, okay. So I may, I, you know, I may have made a comment this last week in the sermon and uh, it was, uh, you know, it had something to do with, you know, looking in a mirror and, and forgetting what you see. And, and, and I, and I made the observation that, uh, you know, a lot of us are haunted by, by mirrors. And it, it occurred to me in that moment that there are, there might be, there might be people. Yeah, just in case you've ever been haunted by a mirror, Edwin Ed didn't want to I, I didn't you, mean so. to offend people. <laughs> yeah. Matt, you know, I mean, it, it, I, I am up at night. I am up at night if I think I have offended somebody. Yeah. And to think that I made an ill-timed comment about haunted mirrors and may have offended somebody who's been haunted by a mirror. I, I backtracked and I tried to, you know, but then it was a matter of, well, wait, what do we believe, you know, about hauntings and mirrors? And is that a, is that something that I've studied adequately to give a position on? So anyway, my apologies to anybody I may have offended. Speaking of rabbit trails. <laughs> yeah. No, but the people like people in our church really, I think we hold the word at a very high standard yeah. and we, we, 
I feel like the more time I've spent specifically preaching in a deep way in, in scripture, people have appreciated it. Yeah. But I also feel like I'm barely getting through, like I'm barely able yeah. to process these things I'm talking about. Um, so it's, it's a difficult thing, you know, you know, what do you do with what yeah. James is saying? Well, well I, th- I think you, you see this tendency even in scripture, right? Where Paul is writing to the church and saying that people are, you know, saying, well, I, I'm under Paul, I'm under, you know, these other teachers and, and they're kind of aligning themselves with certain teachers. And I think we have a, we have a tendency to do that with like, so we, we see certain teachers as greater than others. And so we say by being associated with them, it says something about me uh, even. And I, I think the real question isn't like, who are we? I mean, obviously Paul's like, it, it's not me, it's not them, it's it's Jesus. So there's that. But um, I, I, as we've been talking, I've been thinking, you know, really the, the question we, we should be asking ourselves is not how much am I taking in, but before every time we open our Bible, before every sermon we listen to, uh, before every Bible study that we walk into, we, we have to stop for a moment, pause, and, and even pray and, and search our hearts and say, am I going to let what I hear and come into contact with change me? Because in a consumer culture, we we get to decide. We, we get to look at it. We get to size it up. We get to feel. We even get to try it out and try it on, and then we decide do I want to incorporate this into my life where I think the word of God works very differently and we have to let it work us out. One of the tough things about the book of James is it feels sort of like preaching to the choir. He's, uh, he's telling people how to really live out their faith. Yeah. And if you're someone who's trying to really live out your faith, then do you need to do what he's saying even more? Yeah. If you're somebody who's not trying to live out your faith, are you really going to pay attention to what James is saying in the first place? Or is it just going to sort of fall on deaf ears? Yeah. And if there's one thing that we could probably leave you with as, as, as an encouragement for today, it's that um, what we see here in James, and I, I mean, it makes me excited to keep going through this series as a church. What we see here in James is not him saying to the church, I'm disappointed in your efforts. You need to try harder. What he's saying to the church is, um, is let's all agree first and foremost on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, let's agree on what it means to be a part of this movement. And what it means is not just that we're the people that say we're Christians, because at that time, even saying you were a Christian came at a cost. We are the people that we have to live a certain way. Mm. And um, can we agree on that? And I would say... Any relationship I've been in, marriage, friendship, children, any of that, uh, people I've worked with, if you're not agreeing on the expectations, yeah. Yeah. I think that was like the biggest thing our premarital counselor mm-hmm. said to us, other than, are you guys sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, unsaid expectations, they'll, yeah. they'll kill a relationship. Yeah, yeah, it was like, what are your expectations? What yeah. are you expecting this to be? And when you start saying those things out loud, if you're not on the same page, you are in trouble. Yeah. And I think that's what James is doing. He's saying, let's make sure that we're real clear on this. This is not about the amount of knowledge that you have in your head. It's not about the amount of, of verses that you consume. It's about whether you intend to live those things out. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, you can do all the things in the world if you're not willing to just go and visit widows and orphans, people who need other people uh, at no benefit to yourself, then you're missing what Jesus was talking about. Yeah. So, well, it looks like that's it for today. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, I want to thank Caitlin, our sound engineer, who is in the booth 
there on the front, front 40, 40 yeah. uh, turning the dials and flipping the switches. And I'd also like to thank our sponsor, uh, Coffers Religious Supplies. The new spring 2020 catalog just came in and I gotta say, Matt and I cannot put it down. One thing that has particularly caught my eye is the 751 pulpit. Mm. Uh, this beauty is a, this beauty is a beast. It's a beast. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, that thing is so big. It's going to be hard for me to walk around. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're a walker. Yeah. It's got, it's the, the, it's got a platform base with a folding step, uh, for the shorter people Yeah, and two shelves. And I think it's pretty reasonably priced at $5,590. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, I encourage this... you to check out. Uh, call coffers, uh, check them out online, have them send you the spring 2020 religious supply catalog. Uh, otherwise, uh, thanks for joining us until next week. Shalom. The only time I was haunted by a mirror was middle school when I hit the, uh, the acne stage. Yeah. And it, it was bad. It was rough. Uh, I remember going over to my grandma's house one day and her just, I walked in the door. She said, you know, they have medicine for this. Like that, like just point blank, you know, like, thanks, grandma. Thanks. There was that 1% of me that didn't think this was the first thing people saw when they looked at me. Now that's gone. Yeah. It hit me from out of the blue.